Jones. We have now taken over your radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one and only DJ Spaceship reminding you that every Monday morning, that's right, every Monday morning on WMNF from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., tune in as me and my co-pilot Nate Dog give you the music you love, the topics to get you talking, and the motivation to get you out your bed to start your week off right. WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM. February 19, 2024. Excuse me, 18. No, I'm not 19. <laughs> 2024. I want to say good morning to you guys. Thank you for joining us this morning at WMNF.org. We are here, 88.5, to say good morning to you. Good morning, Billy. How you doing today? Uh, I'll be better if I had some coffee, but I'm okay. I understand. I understand. <laughs> okay. Um, I do want to make notice of something today. We're going to be talking about black authors. If any of you do not know, let me inform you that yesterday was Toni Morrison's birthday, a very famous black female um, writer, novelist, Pulitzer Prize winner, and also received the Nobel Prize for Literature. So we're going to be discussing our black authors today. As always here at WNMF.org, we always want to do something that will inspire, motivate, empower, and spark you to action. So today, that's what we're going to be discussing. Well, Billy, how was your weekend? It was pretty good. That's good. Just trying it? to keep it keep it light-hearted. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We got to. We only live one life. We got to enjoy it as best as possible. Sometimes it's just doing nothing or just doing that's something right. that can be peaceful, sitting by water. So, um, getting to Tony Morrison, those of you that don't know, she was born 
February 18, 1931, in Lorraine, Ohio. She died August 5th, 2019, in Montefiore um, Hospital in Bronx, New York. Of course, y'all guys know that's my hometown, okay? Oh. That's right, in Bronx, New York. Um, she died um, to unfortunate complications of pneumonia. However, at the time of her death, and I want you guys to know, I always say young, I never say old, she was... 88 years young, Mm -hmm. okay, 88 years young. She inspired quite a few um, um, authors, not just black authors, just authors in general because of her body of work. It was always to bring to light, you know, the injustices of what young black African-American women went through, young girls went through, you know, and it sparked all the way back from the 1940s up to present. You know, her first book, The um, Bluest Eyes, was very popular. That was the first time, you know, that she said this was something that had to be written because of what she noticed all the male authors um, authors writing, you know, they didn't bring that to light. You know, it wasn't discussed right. so openly, you know, my Billy. And one of the things, one of the quotes she has that I always um, go back to is, if you find a book you really want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. <laughs> right. Then you must write it. And she made that quote, and she's known for that quote, which was done August 6, 2019. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. I hope we, we have some upcoming author, um, authors on the line listening, or if you know an author that's on the line listening, you know, text them. Let them know to tune in and listen. It may spark some ideas in them, or we may spark you to action to want to write, you know, your life history or to write what's going on in your community, what has been affecting you in some form or fashion. So what do you think about that, Mama Billy? When when you are inspired to write something, what does that what does that mean? Oh yeah, that means that all of your spirit is trying to come out. It's trying to find an expression. And I think that that's one thing we can do today is if we if you have some ideas about uh books to write, call us and talk about it. You know, put it out there. I mean, you may not want to put your ideas out there, but if you've been inspired, then we want to hear about that inspiration. Uh especially young people. Young right. women in particular, because this is Toni Morrison's birthday, and they are celebrating Toni Morrison worldwide, uh, Annie. Uh, there is a, a symposium planned in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, All right. at the Africa Institute, that is going to really uh, go into detail about her life and about her works. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be taking place at the end of this month, February 28th and 29th. Um, in the UAE, I know uh, maybe anybody in that listening audience can't go, but it's just that it's interesting that this is a part of the Global Studies University, and this is uh, at the Africa Institute, and how Toni Morrison, yes. here in the time of book bans in this state, exactly. in the UAE, mm-hmm. they can actually have symposiums talking about her work. <laughs> That's right. So who's the free country? You know? Hmm. Say it again. (laughs) Who is free? Who's really free? Absolutely. For those of you that don't know, for a little known fact, um, her birth name was actually Chloe Anthony Warford Morrison. You know, and most people called her Tony, so that became her, basically her trademark for her books. But her birth name was actually Chloe Anthony Warford Morrison. Now, I do want to say... She's written over 43 books, okay? And keep in mind, she also did essays, plays, and she did poetry as well, but this is some of the ones that she's most known for. She's written over 43 books, and the one that she won the Pulitzer for was The Beloved. And for those of you that know, that was actually turned into a movie, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was a well-known movie, which actually, um, I want to say, helped put Oprah on, on the map, you know, because she was the one that purchased the book and was able to do the movie or what have you. Mm -hmm. But it was also based on a true life story of a young woman named Margaret Garner Seth. And Margaret Garner Seth was actually a former slave who escaped to Ohio in the 1970s, you know. So we have to think about that. As I said, this was way back then that she knew that this was something that needed to be said, needed to be written about, because it was going on. And all these other authors, whether they were black or white, they were not actually talking about it. So she felt this was something that she had to do, going back to that quote again, you know, if it's something that you know that hasn't been written, then you need to write it. That's and right. that's what she did. And I like that quote. And then symposium that I've been talking about is going to show two films, one called The Pieces I Am, which was uh, done in 2019 mm-hmm. and is directed by a man named Timothy Greenfield Sanders, and it's going to be an intimate exploration of Morrison's life and work with uh-huh. interviews with renowned figures like, as you mentioned, Oprah Winfrey, Angela Davis mm-hmm. is going to be featured in this. And so there's another film called The Foreigner's Home, and this directed 
uh, by two directors, and it's produced by Ford Morrison, Tony Morrison's son. Right. And it's called The Foreigner's Home, and it delves into her 2006 Louvre exhibition. That's the um, the French Museum, using exclusive footage and archival materials to illuminate her profound insights on race, identity, and the transformative power of art. Wow. Following each screening, invited scholars and critics will discuss Morrison's artistic vision yes. and its lasting impact. And if you've read The Bluest Eye, yes, you want to hear about it. Talk about it. That's right. That is very, that first book, okay, her first book, it mainly focused on the experiences of black girls and a black woman during the 1940s and beyond. But that book, The Bluest Eyes, it was published in 1970 and was the beginning of her literary journey of sharing with the world her vision and views on how black girls in the world has such an impact on black women in the world that is in regards to the skin color. You know, the, the, now the, the title kind of gives you a hint, but believe me, it does not do, do it justice. <laughs> it does not do it justice. If you just read that book, The Bluest Eyes, it's something very important. I think all young girls should me, even read. And I wonder, is it in, the, is it in um, the schools? I wonder if that book is in the schools because that's well, something that we need to have in. It, it was, but there were some schools who pulled it from the shelf because mm. of that new law, that new Florida law. So, you know, the law is very vague, and so people have been just emptying their shells because they don't want to be in violation of this law, uh, even dictionaries. And now you have uh, a governor of the state who's who's failed around for president. He's back in (laughs) the state. Who knows what his mindset (laughs) is, but he seems to be trying to backtrack on some of the book bans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he didn't mention the bluest eye. So that has been banned. I'm not sure if, especially down in Sarasota, the school board has returned it back to the to the shelves. That's good. I just want to point out some of the factors in the books that um, make that she makes reference to that is important and why we're making it relevant, relevant today because it is still relevant, let's be clear. The main character in the book is taught, uh, is taught to feel less than human. You know, and mm-hmm. when, I, when I say this specifically, when they talk about her skin color, you know, mm-hmm. and how they treat her, and you know that, that phrase that, oh, you're ugly. Now, remember, when you were in school, you know, elementary, what have you. Oh, she ugly, he ugly, whatever the case may be. But just imagine back during that time, you know, when you were already considered third of a, of a human, you know. Three-fifths, three-fifths of, of a, a yeah. human. Exactly, three-fifths of a human. And they're telling you that you're ugly and this and that, but you're seeing these other young girls being treated differently that have fair skin color, white, Caucasian, however you want to put it. You know, so that's what was, that was done to this young girl. And this is real life. And that was one of the things that was so beautiful about Toni Morrison. She really took real-life experiences and put it on paper so that we can kind of relate to it and actually visualize it even though we weren't in that time. So that was one of the things that she was most known for doing type of things with with her writing. Um, I have a quote from uh, an associate professor um, of English at Delaware State University. He noted, that the novel emphasizes that living in a world defined by Eurocentric beauty standards create a longing for whiteness. Okay? Just think about that. Yeah. Just think about that. You know? And that's what your black, young black girls were going through and still are going through sometimes, you know, even right now. You know, yeah. they, 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 they have bleached their skin. All types of things are going on, my Billy. Plus, you have all of, you know, parents are trying to have gone to Congress to talk about how their children are committing suicide mm-hmm. because of the social media. Uh, but, you know, the idea is it's like you have to be more in tuned with the feelings of your child. Yes. And you know, the social media is going to be what it is. And uh, you have to look at what standards you're setting and what standards are is the world setting and has been set. So, you know, if there are kids who are of your European descent who mm-hmm. are committing suicide, think about the black child who've had to put up with this for for generations. Yes. You know, before long before, you know, the uh social media came about mm-hmm. and Tony Morrison wrote a book called Tar Baby. And I know for generations that was a pejorative to a black girl, you know, especially if you were of, if you had two uh, races, if you had two parents of opposite races. Right. And, you know, if you were a part of, of a biracial, or you are a biracial child, you know, tar baby was, was something that was uh, a pejorative that was thrown at, at young people for years. And I know that Sade wrote a song, sang a song, 
of that with that title. And I thought that even at that time in the 1980s when Sade wrote that song, that that was a pretty powerful song using yeah. that title. Now, I, I, what I do want us to do today, Mabili, because this is very important. We do know we always talk about, you know, what happens in the black community and everything on this show, you know, the Sunday Forum, okay? And it's, it's not against, before we get any unnecessary phone calls, it has nothing to do with just racism or anything to that fact. It's just, it needs to be brought to light. But for the music, I do want you to play that Sade song if you can find it. Play James Brown on Black and I'm Proud every day, all day, okay? I tell you again, even though this is um, Black History Month, I'm black. we black every day, okay? We black That's every right. day, okay? <laughs> so... Play and, we, that. and it does need to be talked about. Yeah, exactly. we have Sade. And Tracy Chapman. We want to we give her a salute yes. because she's back and she's here. And we're so happy now that this generation is recognizing what real music and real talent sounds like, okay? That music has substance. It means something. Right. There's a purpose for it. So if you're an author out there, if you have some comments, feel free to um, call in to us at 813-239-9663. Um, you can also email, email Mobility if you have any questions or comments you want to make at DJ at WMNF.org. We definitely right. want to welcome that. So let's continue to move forward with Tony Morrison. And we're going to talk about other authors as well because we have some powerful black authors, you know, that we we pull from. We, we pull from the information. We pull from, you know, the, the motivation that they had to inspire us. Again, to Tony Morrison's son, that's a legacy. You know, he's writing. That's he's right. on the place. So that's so important. We're keeping her exactly. legacy alive. That's something important that we we need to do. And you'll always hear me say that. The overall goal is always going to be to inform you, educate you, you know, spark you to action. Because another thing I want to talk about, Billy, as we're going to continue on, is the difference between being conscious and being woke. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mean the same, okay? There's a difference. There's a distinction there. You know, because one is for you to also be called to action, Mm-hmm. Another one's for you just to be informed. So you have to know the difference. But just knowing it, not doing anything is a moot point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it just really, really is like education without application is a moot point. You paid all that money, but you're not utilizing, you're not putting it to work. What was the purpose in doing it? So these are things and comments that we want to talk about today. We want you to, you know, chime in. Well, Billy, am I looking at a phone call already? Yeah, there's all some right. phone calls coming Let's in. Let's go. And uh, you can call us, 813-239-9663. Go ahead, call her. You're on the Sunday Forum. You say what? And um, I will say that there's uh, a lot of African female literature that never makes it to the United States Mm -hmm. and um, is, to me, uh, equal to the literature produced by the best African-American writers. One of them is a very hard name to pronounce, uh, C.T. Da Jerem. Jeremga, who had the misfortune of uh, living in Zimbabwe. Mm. Her book is called Nervous Conditions, and it is so powerful that I think it equals Toni Morrison and just in her in that one book. Um, I, of course, I also, you know, I know it's not a female, but James Baldwin. Yes. <laughs> and especially the movie that was made from I Am Not Your Negro, which mm-hmm. won an Oscar. That movie is one of the best documentaries of all time. And finally, I know it, I don't want to hijack your show, but I was kind of hoping that today the show would be a fire-breathing show in reaction to the modern-day lynching that Georgia did to Fannie Willis and her, her uh, law partners and prosecutors in Georgia. I watched the... Uh, both two days of the proceedings on the Midas Touch Progressive YouTube Network. And really, sometime, I hope you will discuss what they did to her. And it showed that if you're African-American and you've gone to law school and you've had an esteemed career and you have other African-American attorney friends, that Scott McAfee, the judge, and the Georgia so-called judicial system will put you on trial, Mm. not Trump, who tried to overturn the Georgia election results. Right. Well, no, I actually appreciate you do bringing that, um, bringing that up. And believe me, you you didn't hijack because that's something else we do need to discuss. Because I didn't get to watch both of the proceedings, but I did see the first one. And the question that was being asked was totally ridiculous. I mean, they they're asking her. This is her personal life. You know, they say talking about her utilizing funds because she hired this individual. But this is really basically, as they would say, just to throw a shadow over the fact that they're trying to find a way that they can. Um, disregard the stuff that Trump is going through to try to make that case irrelevant, saying, oh, 
a new trial or something to the effect. That's basically what this is all about. But I agree with you 100 percent on what they're doing to her is 100 percent unfair. So I do thank you for thank you for bringing it to our attention, and we will discuss that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it's um, like I ha- you know I try not to react to the the injustice, the racism in America, and I am a white person, but because I grew up in Clearwater near the color line where, you know, African-Americans were forced to live and had mostly African-American friends growing up and was myself considered poor white trash. It just bothers me to see this is still happening. And you'll see statured African-American men and women, including Miss Willis, um, being put on the stand Mm -hmm. and treated as if they were O.J. Simpson. And this white judge who's a Federalist Society, Kemp-appointed conservative judge. I'm starting to call him Eileen Cannon McAfee. <laughs> and it's just, it's just outrageous. And the questions they asked them, the tone that the white lawyers took yes. towards them and how the judge allowed yeah. questions that you'll never see Alina Haba or any of Trump's lawyers being asked, even though they are totally corrupt and should be disbarred. But I understand that this show is about literature, and I hope that you'll check out the book Nervous Conditions if you can even get it in the United States. Mm, thank you. I do want to say this. Again, we will discuss that probably within the second hour, but I do want to tell you again, thank you so much. Thank Before you. I let you go, though, the you said you you watched both, both proceedings, correct? He's gone. Oh, okay. But we do have another call, 813-239-9663. I'm sure you can still ask your question. He'll hear you on the air. No, absolutely. Go ahead with the next caller. Go ahead. Caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Oh, I'm on the Sunday Forum. Yes, Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing. I can't even explain how. (laughs) You're doing great. You're doing great. Right. I, I, I enjoy your positivity. You all not all stop dripping on us like this. <laughs> hey, that's what it's about. There, you got that one hundred percent correct. But I was calling because the last guy, he he he's right on point about some stuff, and I want to get it out the air. Not so much about Tony Morrison because, uh, well, it's been about three months ago, without even knowing. Because I don't look at names. I always try to. I got a good memory because I just try to remember uh, what you call it content. Mm-hmm. So I was explaining to my grandchildren about Tar Baby. Yeah, hmm. it was like, Tom, they read us a story, read us a story. So I looked online, hmm. I could only find a short excerpt. See, my hmm. my, my, my grandkids are Ecuadorian and stuff, so I'm sitting there telling them about a tar baby. And I told them every time you hit tar baby or you try to do something to tar baby, it get on you, it stick to you. Hmm. So that's, that's basically my premise about, that was a very, man, insightful book. I'm talking about it's really deep. If you get into that tar baby, Mobile, you probably don't remember when we first went on TV. We talked about that tar baby. <laughs> they used tar, tar baby against us. Somebody, we was tar baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like anytime, anytime you mess with black people, oh, it get on you. It stick to you. You can't get away. Please don't get on them. So that was their uh, conception of the tar baby. But mine was that you don't mess with tar baby. Like I was saying to my grandkids, you can't be hitting tar baby because if you hit tar baby, he going to stick to you. If you <laughs> mess over tar baby, he going to get on you. And so they, they like that. They was running around, mama, we don't want to know about tar baby. We wanna, I'm serious. When y'all brought that up, I said, oh, no. But my thing is just this morning, uh, this is a geopolitical. Um, this stuff they doing to us when y'all talking about the book band. Mm-hmm. But like, you, know where, you know where that's coming from? Hmm. Think back real quick. Y'all took down our statues, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Re- repercussions, right? Mm-hmm. Take it down, yo, illegal, unwanted, unprofessional statutes. Those are Confederate statues that were standing in front of the courthouse in Hillsborough yeah, County. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so now you know why I'm banning your book. It's right. not a secret, bro. I'm not going to let it be a secret either. You retaliate with your ignorant behind because you don't have no conception of communication. Hmm. I heard this. Some people come to destroy, but we come to build. That's it. So who, who is the destroyers? Point them out, y'all. Nobody's messing with these people. Nobody wants these people. They're destroying mother, the mother of the earth. Well, That's what Tony Morrison represent. That's what y'all represent. And God is not a man, so stop playing like God is male and all this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I look at it like this. Everything has a purpose, and unfortunately, we have to go through this, and 
You know, sometimes it, it is at the cost, you know, of others unnecessarily, but we will prevail one way or the other. You know, and that that that's that's how I look at it. And as far as Tar Baby, I remember when I was in elementary school in New York, believe me, that was something when you when you're going back and forth with each other, again, just bringing up some of the stuff that happened as, as a young child, and you're doing it dozens, you're talking about each other, you would hear somebody call another person, that's a tall baby because he had that real dark, dark skin, you know, as they would say, that African skin, because we called it that as well. That's tall baby over there. And it's sad but true because these are things that we as children heard, you know, and we didn't actually understand what it meant. We didn't know what it meant, so we was using those words to hurt one another, you know. It was offensive, it was offensive because... They made it offensive. It was never mm-hmm. uh, deciphered. We, when you learn it in school, fails to say the teacher read it. She just gonna read it like it's some old dull drunk thing and won't explain what the tar baby concept really was. Mm. You know, she just telling you, oh, if you black, you unlike. If you're an ugly thing, you you know that's how they made it seem. So you're a hundred percent right. It was used as a negative, but it was not negative. Go when I told my grandchildren, they was happy and wanted your more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so they much for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> they want to hear the whole story. All I to find out the internet was a little thing telling you what Tar Baby was about. I'm like, what the? Yeah, I want to read the whole story. Yeah. I appreciate story. that. I, I, I want to say this. My, my Billy, we are sparking some conversations because I want to continue with yeah. some of the things that, that's being said. Um, one thing he just said as well was repercussions. That's what's happening to Fannie and all of them. Everybody that goes against Trump, they end up in some type of legal you know, situation, because that's his, That's the repercussions behind it, yeah. behind bringing this man to light, you know, and all the mm-hmm. things that he's done wrong. So what, what does he do? He used those elites that's around him that he can use them as pawns to go after these individuals that he feels targeting them, but they're not targeting him. They're just bringing to light what he's done, that he's verbally stated he's done, you know, and, and it's sad, but that's where we are right now. Right. It's like anything they can do to to try to prop him up and protect him. Exactly. And and it's not going to work in the, in the final analysis at the end of the day. But, you know, what's happening to Fonnie Willis is being written about. It evokes long-standing frustration mm-hmm. for especially women leaders uh, in, this, in this country. And, you know, anything to keep the truth about the election deni- uh, violations from coming out, but she was very forceful in saying, I'm not the one on trial. Exactly. These people are on trial, yes. you know. That's, you can't that was put the me first on trial. I saw that she sure did. And yep. they they continue to try to use the politics of personal destruction in order to protect this fascist and keep him in power, keep him back, put him back in power. But I, at the end of the day, I really don't think any of this is going to work. What he did is what he did. And you can't try to change the subject to this uh, this prurient sexual case, mm-hmm. you know, just to try to get the focus off what the actual crime was. And that's all is a distraction. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's the one word we can associate with 45 and his presidency is that it's all a big distraction. Yeah. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Hello. Yes. Hello. Good morning. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> oh, my God. What is this about? The, the, the Christians, they call themselves Christians. And Jesus told them to kill others and other things. In Poland, I was born, and they were saying, where Satan cannot get, he sends a woman. That vice president, she complained. When I was young, they put me on a bus like third-class citizen, and they took me to school. If she will walk like me and many others, then she will appreciate what they did. I don't don't get that logic. She was talking about desegregation and desegregating the schools. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what she was talking about. What point are you trying to make? If she had walked, she would have appreciated the situation. I just turn on the, the 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 phone and I'm listening. Uh, what are you talking about, women? Okay, so for you to call, call in and make comments and, and don't know what the subject is, uh-huh. that's the first part. Okay, so just continue to listen on. We appreciate it. <laughs> just continue to listen and you'll catch up. We got another call on my building? No, but okay. <laughs> so we let's were talking about Toni Morrison. <laughs> yes. And we did bring up women in general and who are black women in power 
who are thrown to the wolves whenever they try to go up against men in power. Yeah. And we're, we were talking specifically about Fonnie Willis, but we were celebrating the life of Tony, Tony Morrison, Morrison exactly. and, and the and works. Authors. Yes. So so just to catch up, call again. Please feel free to call in again. Before I go forward, though, we, we first, Billy, have to say, as, as um, Walter L. Smith would say, you know, man down, man down. He's not with us today. He's not feeling well, as and I can understand, because that was me a couple of weeks ago. So, Walter, we want to say first give you a shout-out. Happy birthday, okay, because yes. our brother's birthday just passed yesterday <laughs> as well. And we want to tell you that and that you are missed, and we'll we look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday, okay? So let's move forward. Now, as we were talking about Toni Morrison and her book of works, we also want to bring in other authors at the um, first caller stated. You have to give a credit to James Baldwin as well, you know, Maya Angelou, Langston Hughes. All these individuals, you know, wrote about not only what they were going through during their time, but also what they saw prior to and what the future would look like. You know, and if you look at it, it all kind of like comes together, my Billy, because mm-hmm. it's all talking about how that we are being mistreated as men and as women, but as a whole, as a black black group, you know? And that's what we were speaking of um, for the last caller. It wasn't so much as, as you say, our vice president saying, oh, she had to get on the bus. As Mobility stated, she was speaking about segregation, okay? That did affect us. Now, I don't know where, where you came from. I understand you came on saying bonjour, so I'm thinking it's maybe Paris or French, something to that effect, and you had your own experiences, and you're valid for that. So we're not disregarding anything else or any other race or nationality or culture. What we're speaking of is the culture that we went through and that we're valid in speaking of that culture. So don't take offense to it. If anything, join in with it and say, yes, it's an injustice. Because as our famous person who knows who said this, injustice to one is an injustice to all. Point blank, period. It doesn't matter. If it's wrong, it's just wrong. So well, you can't. That caller and nobody else can't minimize our struggle. Can't exactly. minimize what we have to what we have to go through and face, and what black women especially have to go through and face. And so you can call up and try to minimize and make fun all you can, but this is serious business, exactly. and you make yourself look foolish, and you make yourself look like you're not interested in uh, in humanity Basically. when you act like that. Yes. So. Keep calling and acting like that, and we're going to keep calling it out. <laughs> but getting to the term tar baby, mm. uh, that was, a, you know, it was introduced to children, actually, through the brow rabbit, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the story of the archetypal trickster. And it was an allegorical symbolism rooted in slavery and its inequalities. Uh, but apparently, you know, the rabbit gets stuck in five places and some tar. And it really was an allegory about the more you try to work to get out of a sticky situation, the worse the situation gets. And we we culturally find ourselves in that situation many mm-hmm. times. Uh, but this, uh, this story is central to our understanding of cultural traditions that slaves brought from Africa yes. to the United States. And that shows that the enslaved were neither uh, submissive or anything else, but learned survival strategies. And so I can see where, you know, on the one hand, white politicians have gotten in trouble for using that term. But on the other hand, it has been a positive allegory. And uh, as Ron was stating when he talked about this uh, this term to the to his children. So, yeah, we do have some other callers on the line if we want okay. to continue to talk. But yep, we let sh- the callers call in. Go mm-hmm. ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Hello. Yes. Good morning. Uh, hey, how's it going? Um, I I wanted to say I I'm, I had a more of a nerdy kind of spin on on literature and culture for today. Just at least that, um, I was a middle school teacher for a while, and you know I grew up in the nineties, eighties, and nineties, and I love comic books and stuff like that. And I was I would always go to the graphic novel section of our school because I saw more. I started seeing a lot more um, creators of of color. I started seeing a lot of superheroes that were black, Elvis, you know, like 20, 30 mm-hmm. years later. And I was really like my students, you know, they felt connected to like, they were able to connect with stories and goofy comic book stuff just because of that. And I was just thinking about how, uh, you know, growing up, like when Bishop on the X-Men, like that when he was introduced, suddenly <laughs> that was when like, you know, my friend who was black, like 
started wanting to read comic books with me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you want to have, you want to have your stories put out there. Yeah. Representation like, matters. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that like frustrates me so much with this, like woke slash anti woke or whatever, like without thinking of the context and, and the struggle and the history of like, you know, us moving forward as people, you know, um, like, I think I saw something that someone said, like, if you're not from Asia, you can't celebrate Chinese New Year unless you're invited or something. <laughs> and, and, and then this guy responded back, well, I'm hereby inviting everyone to celebrate Chinese New Year. <laughs> and so I just think that we should celebrate. Um, we should celebrate that. Like, we, you know, especially like I grew up in a very uh, racist part of, of the world. And like in... Tar baby was a word that I had heard quite a bit, and it wasn't until I really looked into it and you know, then read um, it. And like, it just—it's one of those like, it's kind of cool to to have that context. And I think more people need context. Yeah, we do. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Hey, you know, it was also interesting that this week the we just talk about representation and talking to children and in in. in recognizing how we can politicize or just raise the consciousness of children. That part, yes. uh, Even Charles Schultz, who wrote the Charlie Brown (laughs) cartoon, had a black character that when it was first introduced, the black character, the black character whose name is Franklin, was invited to come and and have lunch with the other Peanuts characters, and Uh he was seated separately from the white characters. And... Now this character has been reintroduced and they're going to retell that story and not have the segregation going on in front of children's faces on a cartoon. And I think that Franklin is going to get his own uh, his own show. So we're going to see what happens with Franklin. (laughs) But it was is another way that children's consciousness were raised and how even in cartoon, the segregation was still real. It seemed like it, they needed to make certain that they didn't violate right. the the social order Absolutely. of the day when that first appeared, when Franklin first appeared on July 31st, 1968. They probably would have been canceled cartoon. if they did, Mobili. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to I reiterate some of the information, but let's take the next caller first. I want to go back to why it's so important what you said, raise the consciousness of how this affects the children. All right, go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yeah, you were talking about car baby here. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know these symbols are things that are promoted by Hollywood and all over the world. So, yeah, when you meant Tar Baby, you know I remember um, and, and this symbol of a uh, of black folk, you know, uh, and and the Tar Baby sitting on the log. You go out and pull that up, but when you pull it up on it, you get a whole series of movies. Okay. Uh, on Tar Baby, and it was, the big symbol is Walt Disney. Remember how Disney's read all over the world? Yeah. And uh, here it is, Tar Baby, the wonderful Tar Baby, Tar Baby, Br'er Rabbit, Tar Baby, Sounds of the South. And I'm watching the video right now, cartoons or cartoons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we were kids, you know, this is the kind of thing, television came along, you know, this is how... Uh, and, and, Obviously, was depicted to, uh, to to represent someone black because you see these symbols. Of, you know, like when you look at the, uh, uh, for example, I talk about gator bait, all right. And when you see symbols of gator bait, uh, these black babies sitting on a log or something like that next to a swamp, and the alligator comes up. The I mean, pictures that again. <laughs> yeah. This is Hollywood. And all through here, you see big signs, Walt Disney, Walt Disney. Now, you imagine someone from India or Japan, or when this is during colonization, during the colonial the 30s, and, and Disney became popular, you know, Mickey Mouse. Uh, I mean, I'm a little kid. I wouldn't know who did what Charlie Babies. I remember these in the 50s when I was a kid, you know. And so then after you see one of these movies, you interact. But a, a, um, a black person, I mean, you the, you, the, you, you do like Uncle Remus and stuff. <laughs> you see this thing here, 
Avatar baby Uncle Remus. And when these uh, characters, like the bear rabbit, would come up to the tar baby, he'd say, how do you do? And then tar baby, I'm going to smack you upside your head if you don't speak to me. And tar baby sits there. And then when they hit the tar baby <laughs> symbol, <laughs> all of a sudden he splatters. And they can't pull him. They're trying to pull him apart and stuff. I mean, that goes with that mistreatment. So a lot of these things represent the South. Now, when you go study the 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 the, the um the eugenics, for example, particularly as relates to Nazism mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you'll see that the Germans, in developing their concept, you know, spread these things, you know, uh, this, this this type of, they didn't look at it dehumanization, but they did these kind of things and they adapted them to Jewish figures. You see the Jewish people with long noses and, you know, hitting them kicking them out in, in terms of cartoon caricatures. Remember, this stuff is, you go to Cuba, you will see symbolic caricatures, Brazil, you'll see it, um, and see them South Africa. Oh, yeah, this apartheid museum, you saw all uh, these sort of things. But these are the, you know, when you wanted to, 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 to or you see with the Indian, or the, the Indian, Indian character is used and stuff. So when you want to to, to, to show people uh, that they are dehumanized, mm-hmm. we call it, and those sort of things, you would then you would show them as being folks with uh, under scientists or or studying uh, aircraft uh, uh, design or you know engineering stuff. You 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 put them in the most compromising, humiliating. Position and exactly. everything. This one, the wonderful tar baby, Walt Disney. You got a big symbol of Walt Disney uh, and stuff. And when they go, always when they come up to the tar baby, he never says anything, and they slap him upside the head. You want to know why folks can mis- mis- mistreat you and stuff? But again, these attitudes then extend to to Nazism, and who studied and Nazism derives out of this stuff and. And uh, if you study, again, uh, you'll see that uh, eugenics, for example, and Nazism doesn't come out of Germany. It comes out of California, the University of California, Stanford University, and those places like that. That gays like David Davenport, David Starr, I mean, Charles Davenport, David Starr, uh, Hendrick, Henry Laughlin. Put all these names up. Well, that's why I was excuse me, call me interrupt, but that's why I was saying it doesn't it doesn't separate just specifically to you know different races, but you have to understand when we talk about it for the black community, you know, and I get we get these phone calls that everyone's trying to say, oh, we're just speaking on how you know we were mistreated. So every nationality, every culture will have have their own story. This is our story. Okay, and this is a story that we have a right to talk about because it has affected us for generations. It has affected our children. It's going to affect even the legacy that we leave because these are things that they need to know. You have to know where you come from to know where you're going and why you're going in the direction that you're going. So I do appreciate you sharing that with us in regards to all of because you touched on about four different um, cultures and nationalities. So thank you for that because that was the point I was making previously as well. So we appreciate that. So thank you for calling. And please continue to um, listen. I want to go back to the fact when I was talking about Toni Morrison and I used her first one, which is the bluest eye. The reason I made reference to that, the reason I made reference to that is because she focuses on that point. Remember, this was written, okay, based on the young girl that went through something back in the 1940s. It was set in 1941. Okay, but it was done in in her hometown. That's where the novel took place in Lorraine, Ohio. Okay, and it was about it was during during the Great Depression as well. But it was about a young girl. Okay, who was mentally, and I'm gonna say mentally, you know, <laughs> mentally destroyed to the point that that's all she wished for was the bluest eyes. That's a book you need to read because it it, it hit her so in depth and within her soul that she didn't want to. She didn't want to be in her skin. She wanted her eyes and everything to be different because that's how they made her feel, because that was the environment that she was in. So it's so important for us to understand that the complexity of it, that how, yes, it can it builds inferiority, inferiority within us, and that's what happened to that young girl. Imagine that. 
Okay, she was raped. It was she. Had, it was, she was molested in, with, um, during incest within her own family from her far her father stepfather. So understand that's the point we're trying to make. These are things that had to be talked about. And when you couldn't talk about it, you, you need to be able to read it. So Toni Morrison found a way to get it out to the masses. Because black authors and, and white authors, they weren't talking about it. You know, they wasn't making reference to what these young girls was going through, these young black girls were going through, you know. But when you saw Shirley Temple and things to that effect, this is what these girls saw that they were supposed to aspire to be. And it's sad because it's still happening now. So that's the point we're trying to bring to the forefront today. Okay, I see we have a guest in here, and I'll be with you in just one moment. How are you doing today? Excellent. Thank That's you. Good. That's good. So, my Billy, the um, previous caller, I was letting him know. I, we appreciate him calling because he did make my point valid by saying, you know, this happens in most other cultures, but we're talking about specifically how it affects the black African-American yeah. culture, point mm-hmm. blank, period. And that's the point we like to make reference to when we're doing this. So, let's let's get to our, um, we have any other callers on the air? No, not at the moment. All right. How are you doing today, sir? We have a guest inside with us today. Yes. Tell us your um, name. I'm doing excellent. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Brother Richard Muhammad. I'm the chairman, serve as the chairman of Masjid Anasa. Okay. And I'm here to talk about our sixth annual black history program that we hold every year. Um, that event this year will be um, honoring women of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to honor our local women of color that has made a difference in our community um, that has achieved certain levels of, um, of, of um, importance in the community um, that we chose this year. Last year, we honored um, our heroes, and this year we decided to honor women of color because we thought that would be very important. Absolutely. So... Um, Where's so, the event being held again in a time and date? Yes, ma'am. The event will be held at um, 7326 East Sly Avenue, Tampa, Florida. Okay, so we, no. we, we no. didn't mention that part. We'll go ahead. No okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, this coming Friday, the 23rd of February, um, we asking the community to come out and support this event. Um, some of our honorees uh, is Melissa Moore. She's a retired colonel. She reached the highest rank um, in the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Um, our other honorees is Chief Barbara Tripp. Um, she has achieved a lot in her career, and we honor Claire Coney, the founder of the CDC of Tampa. We honor Yvette Lewis, the president of the NAACP of Hillsborough County, and we honor Robin Lockett, the um, regional director of Florida Rising. And we honoring Sherry Brown um, of Visit Tampa Bay. She's the VP. She's responsible for bringing a lot of um, groups here in Tampa so we can enjoy um, fraternities she had brought in and sororities she had brought in. Um, she has done a magnificent job um, bringing culture to the Tampa Bay area. So if someone wants to find out, is there a website or phone number they can call to get more information? Yes, ma'am. They can definitely call myself, Brother Richard, at 813-406-1047, or they can call Brother Jarvis at 813-787-6652. Okay, is there an email or website? Yes. Uh, they can go to Eventbrite and... Um, and find more information on this, um, it's the 6th Annual Black History dot Eventbrite dot com. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're going to have you reiterate that again before we, we end, okay? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. There's a lot of events going on um, this month, guys. Remember, it's, again, it's Black History Month. 
Okay, so they have all these other events going on, but keep in mind, we're black every day. So you can still find out about more events that be going on in the com- community that you can participate in. Before we move forward, I do want to make notice. Um, we had um, Brother Ron on, and we're going to discuss that in a moment. Well, we had him on last week about event, and I went to that event. And I, as I was telling my Billy when I was discussing it, it was so much information there that could have, um, would not could have, but did um, benefit the black community, you know, and, and let's, when I say the black community, let's be clear. We do know there are other races living in the black community as well, but I'm saying specifically on how we can build up and help one another. And it's a way that it could have helped you financially as well. And I was disappointed to see that there were not enough of us out there. Okay. And it, it was in regards to homeowners, you know, how you can, how the county and the city, you know, was able to benefit you if you were looking to help someone that was finding, um, finding it difficult to get housing. So I'm going to talk more about that a little bit before we move forward and um, continue with Toni Morrison and The Bluest Eye. For some reason, that book, even though it was her first one, it just it caught my eye because I think that was the beginning, you know, of her writing about how important it was. And then the rest of her work of art, it just continued and it expanded. But it's just so prevalent to me because, again, it was this young girl thinking that the only way that she could be validated or have worth was to have blue eyes because to her that related to being white and that related to having power and respect and so forth. And that is so, so untrue. I'm going to say it again. That is so, so untrue. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's be clear. I know I know, we got three minutes, my Billy, before we go to the next hour. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that before we go to the... Um, no, we just going to go into some music and yeah. we're going to listen to Sade yes. and her tar baby and uh, get back to the news. We're going to get back to uh, the Sunday Forum right after... Headlines from National Public Radio News and our guest in the house. Thank Keep you. it tuned right here to the Sunday Forum.